0: But I'm actually going to title the whole series Being Safe And uh, Lord willing next week I'm going to get into some things We're going to finish Psalm 91 tonight And then I'm going to next week get into some things uh, Some more things about being safe Because uh, that will add to Psalm 91 Amen So turn over to Psalm 91 tonight Glory to God and while you're turning, we'll just talk about the fact that uh, our generation, above all that have, every generation that has ever lived, uh, needs the Word of God for safety. Every other generation before us has been safer than we are. Uh, it really, well, I say that. I mean, there were, there were bad situations, uh, but I'm talking about uh, just... Uh, it, you know, there's been an increase of all sorts of technology and things that make us uh, where we live in a world that's less safe than uh, than former generations lived in. And you cannot open the, the, the uh, newspaper. And if I'm too loud, because I thought Pastor was, he was hurting my ears. So if I'm too loud, back me off, because I, I know I'm loud. Hallelujah. OK, so anyway, um, praise God. Um, the newspapers every day, the the news websites, the news on TV are filled with reasons for us to 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 that we need a way to be safe in God. I know um, Pastor Gene was talking on Monday how he had sent a man to his church in his church to a meeting because he was here and he couldn't be at the meeting, and they were having a meeting in Etowah County about. Uh, uh, is it, what kind of flu is it that they're all, that's the big threat? Bird Bird flu. Okay. About bird flu. And they were having this meeting in Etowah County to, the churches were all supposed to come and they were going to inform the churches that if bird flu came to Etowah County, that the churches were going to be used to quarantine people in. And, um, Uh, you know so uh, Pastor Gene sent the man to find out about what was going on and and what they were having to say and he told the man to suggest to them that instead of using churches that don't have facilities that they ought to use the schools which have showers and lunchrooms, cafeterias and uh, you know that are set up already to better uh, minister to people and they went "Uh, we never thought of that, that would be a good idea and so well praise God for the Holy Ghost. But anyway, so I don't know what's going on. But then I read in the paper today, I saw a little article and it said that if the bird flu was to come to Alabama, they estimate that 29,000 people would die. And so, you know, all of that talk is out there. Well, I think there's two reactions to it, and I and I think one of the reactions to it is to just like, oh, that'll never come here. Why are they so afraid and everything? And I don't think that's really the right reaction. And but I think the news media has caused us to be where we react that way to things. I also read in the paper uh, today or yesterday or something where uh, one third of all. South Floridians say that if there was a hurricane today they would not evacuate and the news media the newspaper said the reason they would not evacuate is because um uh, they had we had a mild hurricane season last year, and that just kind of makes them feel at ease, you know, and and not threatened. And 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 one reason we uh they don't have any sense of needing to evacuate is because the news media often overdoes it. They cry wolf, but then you have to sympathize with the news media because if they ever don't warn people, then everybody just gets up in arms and says we they could have warned us, and if they had been prepared, and you know we just were under prepared, and, and it's the Republican, it's George Bush's fault. You know, it's always George Bush's fault. Hallelujah. Doesn't matter what Clinton did and the one before him, it's George Bush's fault for everything. Hallelujah. And so, um, our, and the Republican Party. But so anyway, so it's kind of like you, you understand why that people, why the news media and the weather center, that they are just like, you know, it's bad, get out. Because it's like, to that's the safest way for them to say that, but because they say that, and then it just you know the wind puffs three times, and uh, and and that that was our hurricane. Voila! Well, uh, then we get complacent and we don't think anything's going to happen. Hallelujah! So as Christians, we have the Holy Ghost inside of us, and you know so. And and I don't think the world really thinks that we need to prepare for anything, even though the news is full of it all the time. I don't think even 911 woke them up you know and, and we hear every day it's become commonplace every day you know the terror level is uh, alert level is heightened and uh, and uh, lifted and and they're searching airports and and now the news is the news today if you didn't read the newspaper, i'm giving it to you today, but the news is that they're going to take some uh, fake bombs on board just to test for security to see if they can get them on and uh, it 's just a test. this is just a test, folks it's not a real bomb <laughs> Hallelujah. It's a test. We're going to try out the, and see if we have got the stuff in place. And so on the airlines. But anyway, so the newspaper is so full of it. But in truth, by the Holy Ghost, we do know that we need to be prepared. And we, we know that by the Holy Ghost. Amen. And so, though the world might not believe it, and certainly we don't need to be panic-stricken. In fact, if we know the Word of God, we won't be. But on the other hand, we don't need to be so complacent that we're not prepared spiritually for that which might come or could come and certainly will come in some dimension or another if Jesus tarries. Amen? Hallelujah. And so... uh, 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 that's why uh, that we need to know how the Bible tells us to be safe. And besides all that, if you don't, if you just take out the terrorism and you take out the, um, uh, uh the the swine flu and the bird flu. Well, the swine flu was back when we were younger. Now it's the bird instead of the hog. And so anyway, but uh, hallelujah, that's before we were filled with Spirit. And so we went and got our swine flu shot. So I can do it. I can go around the pigs and not worry because I've had it many long years ago. Hallelujah. I don't know if it's still in effect. But anyway, and you did anybody else have the swine flu shot? Yeah, there's a few back there that took the swine flu shot. Hallelujah. Anyway, <laughs> but there's always, you know, car wrecks. Amen? There's always other things where the devil tries to take advantage uh, of people. Amen? And then there's natural disasters. And then there's, uh, uh, there's a human error that causes accidents. And there's, uh, there's all manner of things. There's the curse in the earth. Amen. We know it's there, and so we. But there's a way as Christians for us to be safe. Amen. So turn to Psalm 91 and let's read it tonight. Hallelujah. In fact, let's just do our confession at the beginning of the service that we did at the end last week, and we'll start together and we'll just say, "Thank you, Lord. I dwell in the secret place of the Most High. I abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, You are my refuge." refuge, my fortress, my God, in you will I trust. Surely you shall deliver me from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. You shall cover me with your feathers, and under your wings shall I trust. Your truth is my shield and my buckler. I will not be afraid for the terror by night, nor for the arrow that flieth by day, nor for the pestilence that walketh in darkness, nor for the destruction that wasteth at noonday. A thousand may fall at my side and ten thousand at my right hand, but it shall not come near me. Only with my eyes shall I behold and see the reward of the wicked. Because I have made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the Most High, my habitation, there shall no evil befall me, neither shall any plague come near my dwelling. For the Lord will give His angels charge over me to keep me in all my ways. They bear me up with their hands. I do not dash my foot against a stone." I tread upon the lion and adder, the young lion and the dragon I trample underfoot. Because I have set my love upon him, therefore he will deliver me. He will set me on high because I have known his name. I call upon you and you will answer me. You are with me in trouble. You deliver me and honor me and with long life you will satisfy me and show me your salvation. Now, uh, as we prayed, and we, that's what we were doing tonight, we were praying and declaring the Word of God, and the Bible says God hastens over His Word to perform it. We gave God something to work with in our lives we gave god something that he can he can watch over to perform and uh that is a higher place of prayer than to just say god go with us which is actually unbelief because he said i will never leave you nor forsake you or god watch over us when we pray, we need to pray the word. We need to speak the word and make sure our prayers line up with the word. And when we pray the word, we need to also make sure that we're praying in the light of the new covenant. In other words, some things have already been bought and purchased for us. Amen. And so, uh, thank you. Like, for instance, in Jeremiah says, I will heal thee of thy wounds. In Jeremiah 30, it says, I will heal thee of thy wounds. But we know, according to the New Testament, in First Peter 2:24, we've already been healed so we don't pray I, God heal me of my wounds but we say thank you Lord that according to 1 Peter 2:24, you bore uh, my you've borne my sicknesses and carried uh, my diseases actually that's Matthew 8 17 but anyway you bore my sicknesses and carried my diseases and by his stripes I am healed I kind of mixed two scriptures there uh, but anyway by his stripes I am healed so I've been healed of my wounds and so if you have a wound on your body now. I know Pastor has some wounds from this week, and you may too. Well, thank God. You just thank God. Thank you, Lord. You've healed me of my wounds. Amen. Hallelujah. So glory to God. So pray it. So when you pray the word, pray it in the light of the New Testament, the new covenant that we're in. And when you're especially when you're praying over in the old testament, you're gonna have to make some adjustments there. Hallelujah and uh and then also pray it uh it it, you know don't pray it as a future thing because we know now faith is that someday you're going to do this for me god no now faith is today is the day of salvation hallelujah and so psalm 91 we learned last week about dwelling and how that's a a place that you live a place that you live in god we know also that um that confessing the Word from our head is not going to do anything. But what we have to do is we have to meditate on the Word of God until it drops down in our heart and we confess it with faith. And so just parroting Scriptures from a book or parroting Scriptures from a piece of paper is not going to have the effect that something that comes out of your heart is going to have. Amen? So you must spend time. I know I was reading about George Mueller today and he was an old-time prayer and one of the things he they said of him that is sometimes he would, before praying, he would meditate the Word for two weeks before praying it. And he would meditate on that Word for two weeks and after two weeks, then he would pray it. See, when we pray the Word, we want it to be a sword of the Spirit. We don't want it to just be, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, thank you Jesus, just something coming out of the top of our head. Because faith is of the heart, not of the head. Amen. The Bible says faith is in our heart, so we have to get the word down in our heart. You can't just say, you know, it's like a, what did they the the men that were casting the devils out of people, and the devil spoke up and answered and said, uh, and they said in the name of the uh, in the name of the God that Paul preaches or something, and he said and the devil spoke up and said, Paul I know and Jesus I know, but who are you? And you know we don't want to have that reaction come back at us when we're speaking to things and speaking to the devil. Is like, who are you? You know, we know we have, we we want that word to come out of our heart because when it comes out of the heart and not the head, the devil can't tell if it's Jesus or you talking. Amen? Because it comes out the same. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So keep on meditating the Word of God and keep on speaking it and it'll become real to you. It'll become very real to you. And so we talked a lot last week about drawing near to Him, abiding in Him. In there in Psalm 91, it talks about that we abide under the shadow. We talked about how if you're going to walk in somebody's shadow, you're going to have to walk close to them. In other words, my shadow is going to be right here close to me. You can't walk way far over there and be in my shadow. And it's the same with God. If you're going to be in this place of safety, you're going to have to walk very close to Him. And that's why a lot of Christians, use here. you go, well, well, why she was a she went to church every Sunday. Why did she get killed in that car wreck? Well, you don't know where she's walking. You know, just because you're going to church, don't mean you're walking close. Oh Hallelujah! Doesn't mean you're in the shadow of Almighty God. Hallelujah! And so uh, we can't ever ju- don't ever judge by somebody else's faith failure or somebody else getting killed. Don't ever judge the word or make your doctrine up according to that. And when you're a baby Christian and young in the Lord, you're tempted to. Because I remember it used to rattle my cage when somebody word of faith died. You know, somebody that had been to Rhema or somebody that was word of faith, and I'd be like, oh God, how'd that happen? And you know, I had to find out that, you know, we don't always know what people are believing in their heart. We don't even, they may be acting one way at church and saying something already totally different at home. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Uh, so you see what I mean, and so don't never make up doctrine based on grandma dying or the our mo- mom dying and you prayed, uh, Hallelujah. Because really, it's not what you're believing for them; it's what they're believing that counts. And you know, sometimes you're believing for mom to say, and mom's believing, I want to go home. I want to go see daddy. Hallelujah. And mom's going to get what she's believing for, not what you're believing for. And you know, we're selfish because we don't understand heaven. I heard today Don Gossett say on a tape, and I mean, I wanted to, I nearly ran in my car. I was trying to run in my car. Hallelujah. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. And um, he said, uh, no, he was not talking about himself, but he is talking about a man that he knows, a friend of his, uh, that uh, Jesus appeared to. And Jesus appeared to him and said, The happiest day of your Christian life is the day you die. You think about that and it's true. The happiest day of your Christian life is the day you die because to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. But we're selfish. We miss them. We want them. And certainly God does, wants us. And you know, so if, if that's true, why don't we all just go to heaven tonight? You know, but well, we don't because we have a course to run. We have a race to run and a course to finish. And I'm not finished with my course. I've not finished my race. And, you know, Paul said, Paul said, um, he said, um, you know, for me to go would be good, but for me to stay is better for you. And, you know, that's the way it is with all of us here tonight. For you, for you, and, you know, it'd be better for us just to go, all of us. I know, you have, I know you might not can wrap your mind around that, but if you'll keep meditating the word, you'll get it. But, uh, but to truly, I, we need to stay for other people. I, I mean, my family needs me. They may not think so, but I guarantee you they do. Hallelujah. My family needs me. Pastor needs me. He needs you. He needs you to stay. Hallelujah. And God needs you because He's got things for you to do. And, you know, I was thinking about that today. I was meditating this. And I was thinking about, well, you know, if Granny Hicksy had gone and hadn't stayed. How that would have changed my life. No, she had something she had to do. And, you know, I, I thought about if she had died young, like when I was first born or something, how I wouldn't have probably got saved if it wasn't for Granny Hicksie and Grand Grand. Or if I had, you know, it might not have been as soon or as. And I know that Michael and I would not be baptized in the Holy Ghost today if she hadn't run her race and finished her course. Amen? Because nobody else in our family is going to get us baptized in the Holy Ghost. And nobody else in the whole earth had the influence in our lives who knew about the Holy Ghost. She was the only one that knew about the Holy Ghost and had influence in our lives. Both. And so because of Granny Hixie, we got baptized in the Holy Ghost and everybody we've touched and, and ministered to and prayed for, that she's up there getting credit for that too. Amen. And the people that got her, where she's at, is getting credit for, you know, it's all being credited. It's multi-level. It's multi-level marketing. God invented it. It's passed down. Hallelujah. We're all getting credit. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. And the Bible says that. The Bible says your works do follow you. Your works are going to follow you where you go. And so, hallelujah. Uh, praise God. So the happiest day of your Christian life is when you go to heaven. But you don't need to go. That's why we need to contend for our lives and for our children's lives. And for, we need to contend for our lives with these scriptures. And that's what you're contending for. Amen. You, Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. We're contending for those things. Uh, so we, we studied that last night. Um, we ta- uh, I mean, last week, praise God, we talked about in verse 3 how we need to believe God and say, He delivers me from the snare of the fowler. The devil's smart, and a lot of people discount him. A lot of people don't really n- understand the, how smart the devil is. And the devil knows how to lay a trap for you. The devil's been watching you since the day you were born. He knows your weaknesses. The devil knows how to push your buttons. Hallelujah. And so, but he's not omnipresent. So that's why sometimes, you know, sometimes we hear people confess things and we go, my God, why didn't lightning strike them or something? You know what I'm saying? Because they are saying the wrong things. Well, I just wish I could die. And we're wondering why they don't, you know? Well, the the reason they don't is because the devil's not omnipresent. You know, he's not everywhere all the time, you know, like the God is. And so sometimes things slip through the cracks on the devil. Also, that's why we get our prayers answered quicker sometimes. The devil withstood uh, Daniel 21 days yeah. until finally Michael the archangel had to come and, and do away with that, spirit, that demon spirit in order that... Um, And Daniel's prayer could be answered, but sometimes we get our prayers answered just like that. Why? Because the devil's not omnipresent. And so things get through to us quick sometimes. But sometimes you, you don't get, takes a while to get it. Why? Because the devil's withstanding it. And we have authority over him and we need to use it. So he has traps. One of the traps of the devil is deception. He tries to trap us in deception. That's why it's so important, folks, that we do not play around with demonic and mystical and occultic and those kind of things because we have to guard our minds. We have to guard our minds so that they're never deceived. And the world is the the everything in the world. The world is the devil's. You have to know this. The, Jesus told us that we weren't to love the world or the things in it, and when we start loving the you know, when we start loving the world, we are in a dangerous place, and um, and and the world it's just it is so permeated uh the movies and the tv are so permeated with with the world's ways and and it's trying to deceive us. I'll just give you some examples of that. HGTV, which is like my favorite network, the home and garden TV, but it is so pro-gay. It is so pro-gay. It is just makes you want to turn it off (laughs) hallelujah well or pick and choose your programs but it is very got a big gay agenda there was a what do you call it a I don't know if it's a, it wasn't a sitcom, because that's a comedy, but it was like a drama. It was a drama show that was on several years ago, and uh, it was Judging Amy. I thought that was a really good show. The only problem was it had such a liberal agenda. It was so liberal, so, you know, and so you couldn't watch it, really. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Or, and, and you certainly have to guard your kids. Your kids cannot always discern and pick up what's real and what's not. I know we took Carter to see Ratatouille. He keeps telling me it's Ratatouille, not Ratatouille. I want to call it Ratatouille. And Caitlin, Caitlin called it and, uh <laughs> But it was Ratatouille. We took Carter and Caitlin to see that. And, you know, they had this little, uh, kind of like a short Movie before the real movie, and I, I don't know it was, and so it was a little cartoon. The kids were rolling; they laughed more in it. I had never, never really been to a kids' show on Friday night, and there was a lot of kids there, and they were just rolling at this little short movie that was before the real movie. They laughed more in it than they did in Ratatouille, and. Uh, and uh, what this little short movie was about was these aliens came and they were going to get this guy out of his bed, and you know they had somebody in the spaceship who couldn't drive, could, and it had like a magnetic force that kept pulling him up, and the the guy couldn't maneuver it very good, so it was it'd pick him up and slam him against the wall, and then it'd pick him up and throw him out of the bed, you know, and it was just slamming him everywhere. The kids just thought that was hilarious, but finally it just sucked him up into the spaceship and you know took him off. Well. Uh, you know what that is they're, That when, when we're raptured out of here they're going to say and you can't believe people are going to believe this but they are because they've been so programmed by all these movies that, that aliens took us out Hallelujah. That's how they're going to explain it away. The aliens took us away. And so they're programming the kids. They're programming the adults with these, with these movies. So we have to be careful in what we watch. And I'm not saying, you know, we're in this world. I'm not saying you can't ever go to the movie. I'm saying don't let yourself be deceived. And one of the ways you're not deceived, first of all, is guarding what you go to, but also you need to have the Word of God in you so that you recognize stuff for what it is. And when you see it, you refuse it and say, no, that's not right. And your kids need to have the Word of God in them. When they go to school and they tell them that evolution is the way, so they, you know, they may hear it, but they go, no, that's not right. Hallelujah. You know what? They, they don't let that get down in our, their heart. You may hear about evolution, but you don't have to let it get in your heart. And so we have to guard against deception because the devil will try to deceive us in order to steal, kill, and destroy And one of the things he deceived Christians in is to believe in that he's really nothing. Some Christians don't even believe there is a devil. And they certainly don't believe he's as active and working on a daily basis. In fact, the devil has deceived Christians into believing that when somebody has a wreck, that wasn't the devil that caused that wreck. It was God taking them. It was their time. Now that's deception. It was their time to go. And then and, and and no and and I even I read a book recently and it said something to the effect, well you know, if it's your time to go, it don't matter where you are or what you're doing. Well that's deception. Why even believe God? Do anything you want to. Well, we know that's not true, is it? Y'all, look, y'all tell me, tell me you know that's not true. Okay, so hallelujah. So we have to guard against these things because those are the snare of the Fowler. Those are the traps of the enemy, and we also. We need to pray and open our hearts to God every day And say, Lord, show me anything I need to see God, don't let me be deceived Lord, open my eyes of my understanding You know, believe God that you see what you need to see Hallelujah You don't always have to challenge it in front of the whole class You know, I'm not saying you have to do that Sometimes we don't need to cast our pearls before the swine Amen Amen Hallelujah. We need to know when to keep our mouth shut and not say anything, but we don't have to receive it. There's many a times I hear something on the news or something, and I say, I don't receive that. I refuse that. And that's what we can say if we're, you know, listening and alert, and we're not just buying everything that comes down the tube. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. <coughs> Glory to God, And we talked about how we were delivered from the noisome pestilence that was plagues. The basic says, wasting diseases. Hallelujah. I think that bird flu would come under that. I know that cancer would. And AIDS. and, and uh, you know, and you know, there's lots of deception out in the world. They want you to think you can only get AIDS certain ways. I'm telling you, they keep the truth from us. They keep the truth from us because they, they don't want panic. Hallelujah. Don't kid yourself. You better be walking under Psalm 91. And besides, there's restaurants. And people are mean... People are controlled by the devil, and I'm not trying to give you a a jaded look at people. You know, some people want to tell you that basically mankind is good. No, basically mankind is bad until they're born again because the Bible says their father is the devil, and the Bible says he takes them captive at his will. He he walks by and takes them captive at His will if they're not born again. And that's why they pick up guns and shoot, and they don't even know why they did it. They don't even know why they picked up a gun and shot somebody on a drive-by shooting that they didn't even know, that they don't even have any problem with, but they just pick up a gun and shoot. Why? Because the devil takes them captive at His will. Amen. So we have to be safe but we are only safe in the Word of God. God is the only safety in the world always has been and always will be. Amen. Hallelujah. So praise God. The good news says deadly disease that we've been uh, that, that he delivers us from noisome pestilence, deadly diseases of every kind. Uh, he t- we talked about how his truth was our shield, our buckler. The buckler, uh, the shield in front of us, but the buckler something completely surrounds us. Hallelujah. So God's got our backside. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Um, thank you, Lord. Uh, the verse 5 we looked at, it says, Thou shalt not be afraid. This is a command. We are not going to be able to enforce the word with fear. You have to be in faith for the word to work. So we have a command that we don't fear. Well, ch- we choose to fear, or we choose to uh, uh, we choose we choose to be in faith. We choose to refuse fear. Now that doesn't mean that you choose to have the feelings of fear. The feelings of fear come. Fear is a spirit. The Bible says, God hath not given us the spirit of fear. So we know fear is a spirit. It's a devil. And so the feelings of fear will come. Amen. But we don't have to receive it. If you get a bad report on your child, a feeling of fear is going to come at the same time that bad report is. Plus, everything you've ever heard about the doctor, that disease or whatever that the doctor says, is going to come to your mind at that time. But we can choose not to fear. And the only way the Word will work for us is if we're speaking it and we raise up a standard of the Word and we raise it up in faith and we don't fear. So we got to grab hold of our mind when fear comes. And sometimes fear comes for no reason whatsoever. I know that's what it did to me. In 1984, I was driving down the road going to Lubbock, Texas from Seminole just to get a haircut. Started out a normal day, a normal Monday. I'm in right outside of uh, Ropesville, I think. Ropesville, Texas. Nobody ever heard of that. And there's a reason for it. Hallelujah. Praise God. And all of a sudden, all of this, this just fear hit me. All of a sudden, these overwhelming feelings of fear for no reason. It's a spirit. But I was a baby Christian, and I didn't know how to resist it. I didn't know to resist the devil, and he will flee from you. And so you, what I did was what you don't need to do is I just started praying in tongues. But praying in tongues is not resisting the devil. You have to. If I had known then to say, "Satan, in Jesus' name, I will not receive the spirit of fear. Get out of this car and get off of me now!" In Jesus' name, I wouldn't have gone through what I went through for several years until I got, uh, I got to, to to knowing how to resist him. And there's still times that are, that the feelings of fear try to come, but now I know what to do. Amen. Hallelujah. And so, uh, praise God, we shall not fear. Verse 6, it says uh, that we'll not fear the arrow that flyeth by day. That's verse 5. Anything, night or day. We shall not fear anything, night or day. The terror by night, nor the arrow that flieth by day. Nighttime, we don't fear. Daytime, we don't fear. Hallelujah. Amen. I don't care what you hear. Now, we're tempted to. Hallelujah. It don't. You don't get much sympathy at my house. I heard something bang at my house the other night, and I went and got pastor because I'd already. I was already in the bedroom and everything, and I didn't get much sympathy. It's like, well, nothing's going to bother us, and I ain't going outside, so. So it's like, okay, I shall not fear. (laughs) Hallelujah. Praise God. (laughs) Hallelujah. Verse 6, "...nor for the pestilence that walketh in darkness, nor for the destruction that wasteth at noonday." Anything uh, that walks in darkness, anything that walks or moves... If it walks or moves, you don't have to fear it. Amen? Anything that wastes at noonday. Now, a reference that was given for this scripture is over in Deuteronomy 32, if you would turn there. And let's look. This is new stuff now. We're finished reviewing. Deuteronomy 32, verse 23. Now, there's things that you should fear. You should have a healthy fear of God. You should fear Him. Not just a holy awe, but you should fear... Uh, being out of his will, you should fear breaking his commandments, you should fear those things because there is a there the Bible says the wages of sin are death and that didn't pass away folks that's New Testament yes. amen and so and what what that is it's like well oh God's going to judge me if I sin no, the wages of sinner's death is sowing and reaping yes. that's what it is. you sow your time at, to to work you reap a paycheck. If you sow sin, you're reaping, you're going to reap death. You're going to reap maybe not a physical death, but things that have death in them, problems. You're going to reap problems. When you sow, When the Bible says, when you sow to the flesh, you're going to reap corruption. We should have a fear of that. We should fear, to, we should fear sinning. And if you don't fear sinning, you don't know God and you don't know His Word. Hallelujah. So, but we don't fear the devil, and we don't, we, hallelujah. And But you know what? If you're not walking with God, you better be afraid. You better be afraid. Hallelujah. In fact, I would stay up tonight. I would not go to sleep, because you're not safe if you aren't walking with God and His Word. Amen? That's right, that's right. We don't like to hear that, but it's the truth. Um, uh, thank you, Jesus. Well, you said, Well, I was backslid for six years and nothing really happened to me. Devil's not omnipresent. Hallelujah. Praise God. And besides, if you if you if you sow those seeds, you better repent and dig them up, or they're still coming. They're still coming. You're still gonna get the harvest. Just like I'm still you're still gonna get the harvest on all the seed, the good seeds you've sown. It's coming. Our good seed, the harvest is coming. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. So we walk in the blessing. Amen. We fear God. Uh, uh, Deuteronomy 32, did you get there yet? Verse 23. And so this gives us some light on uh, this verse, of uh, pestilence that walketh in darkness. Uh, it says, uh, I will heap mischief upon them. I will spend, I will spend mine arrows upon them. This is talking about things that fly like bullets and things like that. Hallelujah. They shall be burnt with hunger and devoured with burning heat and with bitter destruction. I'll also send the teeth of beasts upon them with the poisons of serpents and the dust. This is what we've been redeemed from. These are things we've been redeemed from. We've been redeemed from these arrows that fly. You've been redeemed from stray bullets. Amen. You don't, you, you, the, the pestilence that walketh in darkness, that's, this is part of what it's talking about. This is the reference that it gives if you study this out in the Hebrew that, that, that it's talking about arrows that fly, but they, you know, they had arrows instead of bullets. So we're translating into bullets and it's talking about their hunger. We, you know, um, we're redeemed and we don't have to fear, uh, like, like famine. Amen? Like famine and being hungry, and my family's going to go hungry. No, we serve the God that multiplies little fishes. That's right. Hallelujah. All He needs is one little fish and, a, and a one, little, uh, one little loaf of bread. I like that song that Janet Ber- Berzee sings. Uh, a little loaf of bread. I just remember that. Just a little loaf of bread. Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. And you know what? Guess what? If you don't have that, he's still got ravens. Amen. And, you know, if all the ravens died, bird flew. You know what? You know what? He's got manna he can rain down from heaven. Hallelujah. So we don't have to fear this kind of pestilence. Amen. And, well, we don't have to fear the pestilence that's going to make the water impure. Now, if God leads you to get a jug or two of water, but how long is that going to last? Unless you, you know, stack it up, you know, ceiling high in your house. That's a nice decorative accent. And uh, you know me, I'm always thinking about how it looks. (laughs) Thank you, Jesus. But uh, no, we serve the God that took a stick and put it in a stream and it made it clean. Hallelujah. Hallelujah so we don't have to fear these things and anything here it talks about burning and heat anything that burns that would be anything fire anything chemical anything biological anything uh, what do you call that nuclear Hallelujah. anything bitter or poisonous or it goes on to say here the teeth of beasts we do not have to fear the teeth of beasts rabid dogs and hallelujah all of that stuff Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. We need to draw a bloodline around our homes. We need to draw a bloodline. Hallelujah. Praise God. I know I was reading about a man. This is a true story. And I have heard this story before, but this man called his name, but I don't recall it. But anyway, the devil appeared to him. You know, the devil's appeared to some people before. Uh, I know he appeared to Lester Summerall. Remember that? And Smith Wigglesworth. I know those two. But this guy, the devil appeared to him and he said, and he was a preacher. He was preaching up in the Northwest somewhere, but he was from Tennessee. And he had a farm in Tennessee. And he said, I'm going to kill your family, your whole, all your kids and and your wife. I'm going to kill them. And so this man went to prayer. And he was like, okay, should I go home to Tennessee? And the devil told him, I'm going to tell you how I'm going to kill them. I've given all the foxes around y'all's area rabies. And I'm on ha- those foxes are going to bite your kids and bite your wife. And they're going to- and your, ki- your kids and your wife are going to die. And so God, he began to pray whether he should go home or not. And God gave him a revelation of the bloodline. And so he put a bloodline around his property and his brother-in-law called him in a few days and he said, the strangest thing, he said, I was out looking at some of your land and you know, I, I, he, he took care of it for him. He checked it over while he was gone. And he said, right past your, your uh, boundary line of the land you own, there was five dead foxes laying there. And he said, I sent their heads to the lab and had them checked and they everyone had rabies. Hallelujah. So we need to get a bloodline. The blood of Jesus has never lost its power. The blood of Jesus will protect us. And we need to get a bloodline around our family and around us in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. But you know, folks, you cannot, uh, can I stress this enough? You cannot, we got to leave, we can't, we can't do that no none of us are perfect and we walk under grace but we at the same time when we have willful and known sin in our lives but then we go and we try to use the blood that the blood is offended by that the blood and the word are offended by by the known sin i mean we got things in our lives we don't even know are not right But the things that we know, and we know that we got to get out of our life for the blood to work for us and for the blood to work for our children. Amen? Glory to God. Hallelujah. Nobody's amening me on that one, but it's the truth anyway. Glory to God. Also in this verse, hallelujah. Let me see if it goes on to say that. The sword without, that's verse 25, and terror within shall destroy both the young man and the virgin, the suckling also, the man of gray hairs. I don't know, it must not say it there, but in the Hebrew, what I, the, the, the resource I was using said that also in this verse the, the, is the implication that we are delivered from hail, and from destroying storm and flood. We don't have to worry about floods and hailstones. Hallelujah. Verse 7. Verse 7, it says, A thousand shall fall at our side, and ten thousand at our right hand, but it shall not come near thee. Verse 8, Only with our eyes shall we behold and see the reward of the wicked. Turn over to Psalm 37, verse 34 real quick. We need to get active and aggressive with our faith. Thank you, Jesus. We need to consult the Lord on everything. And when we do something, we must do it in faith. We must check and make sure that we have faith for what we're about to do. Because the Bible says whatsoever not of faith is sin. And so if you're not sure, if you aren't in faith, well, don't do it amen and uh and then when we do it in faith we must be aggressive in what we speak and what we say if we get on an airplane we need to be ag—we need to aggressively take authority over that airplane and over not just passively get on that's what we used to do before we knew any better and hope for the best No, we we aggressively get on and take authority and plead the blood. And if we had any check in our heart, we'd throw away three hundred dollar tickets before we'd violate. Listen, think about it. What's three hundred dollars? A lot of people will let money cause them to override the unction of God. You know, they'll have they'll check out a movie and their their heart will be a little grieved. Yeah, but I spent three dollars checking it out. Well, what's three dollars? Versus grieving the Holy Ghost and putting something in you don't need to see or hear. Amen? What's, what's $8 to go to the movie theater? You know, we, you, when you pay that $8 at the movie theater, you might ought to wait till it comes out on CD, uh, DVD. Because if, when you pay that $8 as a Christian, you need to be prepared that you may have to sacrifice that $8 on the altar and get up and walk out. And you know it's strange you can't go by the ratings cuz there's been things we've seen that you know it's like why was that rated bad? There was nothing bad in it. And then you know cuz and somebody told us we could see it and then there was there might be something we saw that we're like my word that was horrible for PG or something like that. Well, how did they let that get through? And so you just can't ever understand. I know we were went to the beach one time with some friends of ours from Word of Life in Birmingham. And uh, another man at Word of Life in Birmingham, you know, Christian's men, he told us... Um, we could, to watch this movie while I was down there, to check it out. It was just rated PG, and he said it had one bad word in it. That's all it had. And so we said, okay, you know, we can deal with this. And so it was a funny movie. It was so funny that I had to go lay on the bed. My, I was hurting so bad from laughing. I mean, it was hilarious. But you know, that man, it, he was right. It only had one bad word. He didn't tell us they said that same word, though, eight times. I mean... <laughs> They just said one, but they said the same one eight times, you know. Hallelujah. Praise God. You know, thank you, Jesus. Now, so, we're, you know, praise God. Thank you, Lord. We're not advocating movies. or not advocating them. You know, I could preach don't go to movies and you wouldn't listen. So, I, And I wouldn't either probably. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to preach that you be wise. Amen. That's what I used to teach my children. When they leave, and to go somewhere, I would say, I don't say be careful. Because that's saying be full of care. And we're not to have any cares where to cast our care. But I would say be wise. Use wisdom. How many times have I told you, Eric? Eric, use wisdom. And they would all say, assure me they were going to. And I I think they mostly did. But they knew they wouldn't have got out of the house if they hadn't agreed to it. Hallelujah. So verse 9 going on, Lord all my desire uh, well hey, no I didn't read verse 37, 34 did I? I will do that right quick. Wait on the Lord and keep his way and he shall exalt thee to inherit the land. When the wicked are cut off, thou shalt see it. So when the thing, you're going to see things happen to wicked people. But the Bible says only with your eyes will you behold and see the reward of the wicked. Hallelujah. Don't get, be messed up by that reward of the wicked thinking that the lord is rewarding the wicked by sending them a bad thing no it's not the lord rewarding them it's sowing and reaping this is the this is what they get from sowing when they sow bad things they're going to reap bad things so they get the reward we get a reward from sowing good things Amen? God set the system up. God didn't want to be the kind of God that was sitting up in heaven and said, well, I bless you, and I curse you, and you know, He didn't want to do that. And you know, I, you can understand that even as a parent. No, The parent, you, believe it or not, children and youth, we don't really like being the bad guy and having to bust y'all and grounds you. We don't get a big thrill out of that, but we have to do it. So God didn't want to do that so he he didn't want to have to do that on a day-to-day basis. Think about all the people in the earth and having to sit up there and do that all day every day. So he set up a system. He set up a system called sowing and reaping. He set up a system called the blessing and the curse. And he said, get under the blessing, sow good things, and you'll reap good things. And he's not up there calling the shots of who gets what. We are the, we are the prophets of our life. We're the ones that are calling the shots of our lives. And through ignorance, we may be getting some bad things going, hallelujah, or through just being self-willed and bullheaded. Hallelujah. But it's not God up there. Hallelujah. So if you've reaped any bad things, it wasn't God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And sometimes it's just the mean old devil taking advantage of our ignorance. It's not even us reaping. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The devil's trying to get something started in your family. He wants to pass down a bunch of crud through the generations. And it's not always you reaping when you, when cancer comes or something like that. A lot of times it's just the mean old devil trying to get something started. He, he's looking to see whom he can devour. He's looking to see who will buy into his program. You know, and we listen to TV and it says, well, three out of four is going to get it. And we go, well, I guess that must mean me. So, okay. And the doctor says, you've got it. And we go, okay, I've got it. And even they'll tell you, now you need to own it. You don't need to deny you have cancer. Own it. They'll tell, that's what they tell you. Y'all need to face up to it and own it. Well, I'm not going to own it. Hallelujah. In fact, what we need to tell the devil is, devil, wrong house. I've got a covenant with Almighty God and you came to the wrong house. This does not belong to me. It's not my package. So get gone with it in Jesus' name. And be a fanatic. And the doctor's going to say, Oh, oh. He, I'll tell you what he'll say. I heard one say this to one of my friends I went to the doctor with one time. He said, well now if it was my sister or if it was, I would, this, I would tell them this. You know, don't be a fanatic. Hallelujah. That's what he's going to tell you. Don't be a fanatic. Don't believe the Word of God. Hallelujah. There's a few out there that don't say that. Not many. They're few and far between, aren't they? Verse 9. Because thou hast made the Lord, which is my refuge. You know it's up to us whether we make Him our refuge or not. It's not up to Him to be our refuge. It's up to us to make Him our refuge. Even the Most High, our habitation. We have to make Him our habitation too. And I'll tell you something. Habitation is something you get in every... You live at that address. You live there. A habitation is somewhere you live. But a refuge is not something you have to have every day. But if you make him your habitation, when you need him to be your refuge, you'll have him. Amen? Praise God. So we make him our habitation on a daily basis. And have I mentioned how the devil fights us to keep us from having that habitation, that dwelling place. He puts all sorts of busyness on us. He fights us in our minds, trying to distract us with everything in the world. And boy, listen, if you're going to walk close to God, you're going to have to contend for it in this day. Amen. If you're going to walk close to God, you're going to have to fight for the time to pray. You will. You will. And you'll have to fight your mind as much as anything. Hallelujah, I know, I know that it's a, it's a fight many days for me, many days. I'm always thrilled when it just happens easy. And I don't have to fight for it. But it's, that's not often. Um, verse 10, There shall no evil befall thee, neither shall any plague come near thy dwelling. Really, if you look at verse 9, 10, and 11, and 12, I'll start there. Because thou hast made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the Most High, thy habitation, there shall no evil, no evil whatsoever befall thee. Neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling. For he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways. They shall bear thee up in their hands, lest thou dash thy foot against a stone. Right there, those four verses are God's highest and best. That is the very highest you can go in God's protection and the very best where it actually absolutely does not come near you and you are walking in such a place with God that the angels have such charge over you and this is also a place of obedience even the Amplified says that it's a place of obedience and service verse 11 Amplified verse 11 says for the he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways Amplified said in all your ways of obedience and service this is a place of obedience and service serving God obeying him living in a habitation, walking close to Him, always saying the right thing, having a guard on your mouth, because this is the gate that lets the devil in most of the time, the mouth, what we confess and what we say. and But you can walk in this place where literally you don't ever even stump your toe. Now, none of us are there yet, but there is a place we can go where, where we do, it doesn't come near us. Contagion does not come near us. We don't dash our foot against a stone. We don't stump our toe. We don't ever even hit our thumb with a, our thumb with a hammer. We don't bump our head on the door. Because the angels so have charge over us, we are so in the place. And this is God's highest and best. And it's the place we ought to look to attain to. And when we dash our foot on a stone and we fall, and even though we didn't hurt ourselves, we should be thankful. Hey, praise God, the the angels helped me. I took a big fall, but I didn't hurt myself. Oh, we ought to thank God for that. But we also ought to know, there's a place I could walk where that doesn't even happen. And that's the place I'm going. That's not going to happen again. Amen? Hallelujah. And so, uh, uh, in the Fenton translation, it says, uh, in verse 10, uh, Fenton, so sickness will not approach you. It don't even approach you. Contagion shall not enter your rest. I will to tell you something, the more revelation you have, the more health you will walk in. That's why we sell Bible college. Why? The more revelation you have, the more health you're going to walk in. Where contagion doesn't even come near you. I've proved this out in my own life. Where things, uh, uh, if I'm walking in the right place, things go away just like that. It just doesn't ever even get a foothold. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's a place of rest. It says, um, let's see, verse 10, hallelujah. Well, in one version it talks about that it's a place of rest. Oh, it's in the contagion, not enter your rest. And rest is always faith. In Hebrews, you know, it talks about uh, uh, that that, that, uh, they that be of faith shall enter into rest. Rest is always speaking of faith. We can rest if we're in faith. Hallelujah. And faith is resting. If you're in turmoil, you're not in faith. And if you're not in faith, you got to change something and get in faith. Verse 11. Verse 11. Uh, We already studied verse 11. Hallelujah. But anyway, let me talk about that a minute. For He shall give His angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways. Now, um, disobedience is tempting God. I need to tell you this. And I'll tell you from Matthew 4, 6. Do you remember when Jesus, the devil came to him in the wilderness and he said, the devil said to him, if you want to turn over there to Matthew 4 and verse 6, it might help us to see it. Hallelujah. Praise God. We're winding down, believe it or not. It's a slow wind. Matthew 4, 6. But this is important. Matthew 4, 6, and saith unto him, The devil took him up to the holy city, set him on a pinnacle of temple, and said to him, If thou shalt be the Son of God, of course he was, cast thyself down. For it is written, He shall give His angels charge concerning thee, and in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest at any time thou dash thy foot against a stone. Jesus said unto him, It is written again, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Now to cast Himself down from the pinnacle of that temple, when God didn't tell Him to, would have been disobedience. And right here Jesus tells us that disobedience is tempting God. So when we are in disobedience but we pray and say the blood of Jesus covers me, the angels have charge over me, but we're disobeying God, we are tempting him and we are in danger. In other words, he will not be able to protect us. God would not have protected Jesus had he cast himself down. That very scripture that the devil was trying to get Jesus to use would not have worked for Jesus because he would have been in disobedience to do it and that's how Jesus answered him, you shall not tempt God. So when you're in in disobedience, but yet you're trying to make the scriptures work for you. You're tempting God. That can be also over in any area of finances or anything. I'm believing God that I'm that money cometh, but you're not tithing. You're tempting God. You're in disobedience and you're tempting God and the word's not going to work for you. In fact, the Bible, when you try to take the Word, it's kind of, it's, it's an adulterous thing. It, when you try to take the Word and use it in that way, it, the Bible says that the Word can either be a, a a rock of foundation for you, or it can be a rock, it talks about how it's a rock of stumbling. In fact, it can be something that crashes down on you. In Pharaoh, the same word, uh, the, the Word of God was a, was a word of uh, judgment to Pharaoh. And so we have to use the Word of God in obedience to Him and not use the Word of God uh, when we know... Well, listen, when we know we're in disobedience, we need to get right. Not quit well. I'm not going to use the word of God because I'm in. I want to be in disobedience. That's stupid. That's crazy. That's deception. No, we need to get in obedience, and then the word of God will work for us. Hallelujah. So did y'all catch that? Verse 13 says that uh, that the, the that you tread upon the lion, the adder, the young lion, the dragon, shalt thou trample under foot. Uh, You know, notice there he lists four different things. He lists uh, the lion, the adder, the young lion, and the dragon. I believe that this is speaking of Ephesians 6.12 and the hierarchy of demons. The hierarchy, the ranks of demons. There's ranks of demons. They have a ranking. They have a line of authority. They have a divine order and principalities, powers, wicked spirits in the heavenly realms. And I believe this is referring to them. And I believe it says that we get to, listen, we trample on them all. We trample them underfoot. And um, praise God, praise God. Verse 14, because he has set his love upon me, therefore will I deliver him. I will set him on high because he hath known my name. Loving the Lord thy God with all our heart. With all our soul and with all our might is the first and great commandment. John tells us that if we love the God, if we really, really love the Lord, that we obey His commands. And if we aren't obeying His commands, we don't really love Him. Amen. And it says, when we do this in verse 15, it says, uh, um, uh, He will call upon me and I will answer Him. Call upon means to call out, to address by name. And that doesn't mean, you know, that means uh, we know Him. He's not just the good Lord, the man upstairs. He's, he's, he's Jesus. He's Jesus. So many people want to say even Christ. But he, listen, if you won't help, don't cry Christ. If you won't help, don't say, good Lord, oh Lord. Don't say that. Say, Jesus That's the name that's above every name. That's the name that at every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that He is Lord. Um, And it says that He will honor us. He says, I will be with Him in trouble and deliver Him and honor Him in verse 15. Honor means to make rich. When we do these things, it says He'll make us rich. He'll make us honorable. He'll make us weighty or mean... He'll make us to carry great authority and influence. He will make us noble and He will promote us. That's what all that means. And then verse 16, probably the best promise of all. He will, with long life, will I satisfy Him. This means long, lengthy life. It means uh, old age. Satisfy, to fill to satisfaction, to have enough. God does not call us home. I know that that is popular in religious circles, but He does not call us home. He satisfies us with long life, and when we're satisfied, that's when we go, unless we don't know this and we let the devil steal our life from us before we're ready. Hallelujah, hallelujah. You don't have to die sick. Don't do it. You don't have to die diseased. You can wait until you're satisfied. And somebody said, Well, how am I going to die if I don't get sick? You're just going to pass over. You're just going to step over one day. You're just going to step over. Hallelujah. Thank you. Depart. Die by departure. Uh, Gloria Copeland says, just die by departure. Just depart. Hallelujah. And salvation. I will satisfy him. I will show him my salvation. You know, if we're going to have a long life, we're going to have to see his salvation. He's going to have to show it. His salvation means his deliverance, his aid, his victory, his prosperity, his health, and his welfare. Amen. Praise God. Well, let's stand up together. We're not through with being safe, but I wanted to get all the way through Psalm 91. And then next week, we got some more things.